Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loras College. In this episode, Kathy Weber joins me to reflect on the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the impact it's had on Loras, and preview a virtual event to mark the milestone with Senator Tom Harkin. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Loras Academic Counselor Kathy Weber. Kathy, welcome to the Dewhawk Digest. Thank you, Robert. How are things going with you these days? Uh, good. Where it's uh, it's been nice to uh, have students back and uh, getting started with the semester. So it's good to be good to be back. Good. So the it, the adjustment back onto campus has been smooth so far for it the has, students. It has been smooth, and uh, really, even from last spring, I was uh, really impressed with how students handled uh, all the change. Good. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, let's start with our discussion. We'll kind of take a look back at your background, your time here at Laura. So this is your academic counselor. It's not your first position here. So what's, Correct. what's your connection to Loris? Going, all the, going back to your beginning here. Yeah, actually, uh, originally I was a residence hall director uh, back in the late 80s. Uh, I was here, uh, was brought here by Colleen Cool, uh, who was the uh, director of residence life and student life at the time. And so that was my first job out of college. And then I left here and went to Ball State University to get a master's degree in college student personnel. Uh, and really I decided to do some work in career services. Even when I was here uh, as a hall director, I did some volunteer work with uh, Donna Lowen and Faye Finnegan, who were in career planning and placement at the time. Uh, decided that was the direction I wanted to go to work with uh, college students. So uh, went on, got my master's degree, headed out, headed out west and went to a place called Whitman College in Washington State and was there for a couple years as a, in their career center. Uh, then returned to Loris uh, to uh, take a position in career planning. So I did that for several years and then took an opportunity to go out to Northeast Iowa Community College to kind of have an experience a different kind of college. Uh, but then back again uh, in 2016, I returned for a position in the Lynch, uh, Lynch Learning Center and as I tell people, three's a charm. <laughs> what was it that kept bringing you back? So I mean, one, I, you know, two, three, you just... Uh... It, it really, it, it's, it's good people. You know, I really enjoy the people. Even when I was gone, I was still in touch uh, with a, a lot of folks. Uh, you know, Jane's, Jane and Bob Specht, who had the, did this uh, uh, podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but just continuing to, you know, be connected with really good people, and that's still the case, and wanting to be a... Uh, Part of the Loris, continue to be a part of the Loris family. Sure. So, so an academic counselor now, your current position, what is it, how is it that you work with students okay. in, okay. in this current position? In the Lynch Learning Center, we work with students um, enrolled in our enhanced program, and that is for students with learning disabilities. That has been going on for many, many years. We've had that. Uh, about four or five years ago, uh, Lynn Gallagher, who's the director of the, the Lynch Center, uh, got us started with a program called the ARCH program for students that are on the autism spectrum. So, so we have two programs that allow students to have uh, additional advising and classes to help them be successful, um, a lot, you know, respecting the fact that they have a learning disability or they're on the spectrum. Uh, but we also 
address students that have disabilities, uh, either classroom or learning accommodations that might be due to a learning disability or a physical disability. So it could be somebody that um, has, a, has a hearing impairment. It could also be kind of be a temporary thing uh, where maybe somebody had a concussion um, that they needed some assistance in the classroom. So we do work with students uh, that are outside of our enhanced in our programs as well. Okay. Uh, so. No. Anything else to add? Um, well, and we get a chance. It's a great way to work with students. Now, the bulk of my career has been in career services, so that's kind of been my my thing. <laughs> so, um, but with this working with the students in the enhanced and the arch program, arch programs, it's been a great fit. For me, as I was, I am able to advise students in academics and social concerns, uh, self-advocacy. That's really actually a big thing. Is when they get out into the work world, they're going to have to uh, be able to advocate for themselves. So that's a big part of what we do. Um, but just overall kind of career preparation. So we teach classes that are credit bearing in study skills, being successful in college, right? You know, from the get-go as a first-year student. Uh, but we also implemented. Uh, about three years ago, a series of new classes called Career Strategies, which are one credit classes that are tailored to help students, I like to say sometimes, how to get a job and how to keep a job. So there are classes related to um, mentoring and, and soft skills and interviewing and uh, I'm not sure if I said networking. So a number of things to help them get into the, the work world. Uh, the career part was really one of the big reasons that I was brought on board, that I had, now I'll say that again, uh, the career part was one of the big reasons that I was brought on board. Uh, we really want to get students ready for their lives after Loris. So mm -hmm. that's what we do with the Lynch Learning Center. Okay. So this past year has been a little bit more unique. Obviously, there's been the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the, the spring semester for the, the last semester. Uh, abruptly shifted over to online learning. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty coming in. We kind of talk students back and it, we're great to have them back, but it's, it's a different mm -hmm. situation. So mm -hmm. how, I, what are the, what are the challenges? And I mean, how are things, how are students viewing things the way you see it? Like how is, how is this transition going for them? Right. You know, I, I found uh, my experience with being, you know, cause I was working remotely, like many people at, at the college and in the country, uh, but I found that students adapted really well to the changes in course delivery. Uh, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and frankly, with my desire for, stu for students to be prepared for the world of work, uh, I see it as a positive that the pandemic has helped students develop soft skills because they had to learn how to adapt to change in a very real way, you know, like folks that were in the work world had to adapt, so did they, and they'll hopefully be able to translate that into when they go into uh, their full-time positions after they leave the college. Um, but also some hard skill kinds of things because uh, who knew Zoom before this? I mean, you know, a handful of people maybe, um, but now students are have learned an entirely different platform. So, to you know, I'm going to take it as a positive that uh, – what happened, for, obviously there's been some horrible things that happened with the pandemic, but the reality is some of the things that students needed to do to adjust are going to help them in their futures. Sure. And then in, in terms of the students that, that you work with, is it um, was that 
did it? Do you think they found some benefit to actually having a little separation from campus? In some cases, where it's like, you know what, I'm kind of a little more comfortable at home in the, uh, right now, or to just kind of take a different approach. That kind of right. I think I think they did they did find it they did find it as a as a as a it was, it was a a positive experience for them. But I do think they also recognized that they enjoy being around, still enjoying being back with their friends too. So sure. so it's good to invite and have them back. But yeah, yeah it ended up. I think in some ways being a positive for uh, a number of our a number of our students. Okay, so in late July we had the mark the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm -hmm. um, can you provide a little bit of overview in terms of what that legislation was and what it what it means? Okay, so the Americans with Disabilities Act, which most people refer to as the ADA, uh, prohibits discrimination against people with disabilities. So it made it illegal to discriminate against a disabled person for. Uh, employment or access to transportation, uh, public accommodations, communication, government activities. So it, it prohibits employers and private employers and governments uh, from discriminate, discriminating against the disabled. So there are, um, essentially there are three areas that, that are the primary protections and I'll kind of give some examples of what I mean by that mm -hmm. after I kind of give the more, I'm not a lawyer, but the kind of the legal, the <laughs> right. legal part of it. So uh, Title I of it prevents discrimination against qualified individuals during the job search process. They're applying, hiring, firing. Uh, they want to advance in their jobs, uh, compensation, job training. So things as related to employment. Okay, so that's the that's Title Title One. Title Two uh, addresses specifically state and local government entities that they they have to provide reasonable access to services and programs. So uh, people need to be able to um, be able to vote, to be able to go to court. So um, so that's the state and local. Uh, okay, and then uh, number three is. Um, regarding access to more public kinds of things, so to be able to go to a theater or to go to school or to go to a restaurant or go to a medical uh, medical office. So, uh, so if you take this back, this is nineteen. This is nineteen ninety. So, uh, the students that are with us now, they weren't there right. in nineteen ninety, right? So, so a lot of this is things that it's just how it is. It's mm -hmm. what they're what they're familiar with. So, um, I'm just thinking of when we were. Seeing the, I'm just trying to some examples of things that we've seen that you would see now that would be kind of commonplace when you, with all the announcements and publicity with uh, pandemic reports, there was a sign language interpreter. Hmm. That that probably wouldn't have been been the case. Right. Uh, there uh, in um, going to school, that uh, oftentimes the students. Uh, back when I was in school, there probably really weren't a whole lot of students with disabilities, uh, which would be a more, uh, like maybe in a, in, say in a wheelchair, which is a more you know, visible kind of disability. Sure. But you, we probably didn't have that very often. But students coming to, to college today might have been the student, that student in the wheelchair, or at least had friends or, or class, classmates that were in a wheelchair. Or maybe had some other kinds of, of accommodations with regard to 
um, hearing or sight or some of the other disabilities that they 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 might have. So really, they're more integrated. It really is. Into, it has been more integrated, yeah. and that is kind, was kind of the one well, of the purpose of it to be, a, if if you will, normalcy of these are people too, mm-hmm. and they just have other things that they have to address in order to be in order to be successful. Um, one of the things that we talk about sometimes is um, with, you know, how you, how you, how, let's say how you're gonna teach something. So, so say you're teaching college writing and your question might be, well, how could I teach college writing to somebody who say doesn't have hands? And the thought would be, well, yeah, they can't, Right. Well, physically, you're right. They can't take a pen, or more commonly now, they're not going to um, have a laptop that mm-hmm. they're going to be typing something out. But they can use speech-to-text software, so they can speak, and then the words come out on the uh, come out on the screen. So it's it's things like that that allow a person to be you know successful in college and and eventually in the work world that really are kind of they're kind of simple. It's, but really that person is there with their head and their heart. They just might not have their hands right. to be able to do something. So, so it's um, heartening for me to see some of these kinds of, when, when some of these aha moments come with people and they go, oh, I get that now. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the Lynch Center, uh, while yes, we're working with, with students, we do see a big part of our role is to be advocates for this, for um, people with disabilities um so and that was one of the driving forces behind this let's celebrate the ada it's been you know it's 30 years you know it's been 30 years and uh tom harkin being a uh one of the favorite sons of iowa i'm a i'm a wisconsinite myself but but he was one of the chief uh he was the chief sponsor in the senate for this so um since he's retired he has been working with the harkin institute for uh, public policy and civic engagement, and they have a number of things that they uh, that they focus on. But people with disabilities is is one of uh, helping people with disabilities with is one of them, um, and that would be in um, employment, um, in education, and we also ask them to address uh, to uh, voting accessibility and encouraging people to vote, and then it being having accessible voting too. So he'll be addressing those. Uh, those things and kind of a, a his presentation, but then we'll be uh, uh, the actual. We'll have it. We'll start with a welcome. Uh, President Collins and one of our our students, Bob Johnson, will be giving a, a, um, a brief welcome and kind of the importance of the ADA to to both of them and to um, how they approach their their lives. Um, and then uh, Senator Harkin will. Sh- share some thoughts on the history and the work he did mm-hmm. uh, to uh, get the ADA going and passed. And then uh, we'll have uh, some prepared questions for him, and then we'll be opening it up to the uh, uh, those that want to be uh, join our webinar, which I guess I could probably give a little bit of a spiel for right now. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> okay. so, yeah we're kind of okay. digging so, a little bit into the, into the webinar. So it's going to be uh, coming up on what day? It's it'll, sept- be, it'll be September uh, 24th, Thursday, September 24th, and it'll be running from 3 to 4 p.m. Um, Central Time. So if our uh, Duhok 
Digest listeners want to join us, um, they will need to send me. Uh, they will need to send me an email and address it something to you know, the subject line like ADA event or something like that. So I know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then um, I need that by Monday, September twenty-first, uh, largely because we need to know how many. Um, seats we need mm-hmm. um, because we might need to do something different with our um, with our zoom link and we'll send the uh, uh, zoom webinar link out by Wednesday September 23rd the day before um, and I just want to stress too if anybody has any issues or concerns about accessibility and they need some help they need to contact me as well and I can uh, help them if there are some issues with hearing or something else that we can address we will have a uh, sign language interpreter on um, that'll also be televised as a part of this as well to address that so people want to uh, watch and and see um, see our interpreter that that'll be another option as well sure and so how can they what what's the email address they can reach oh, I'm you sorry. At? Uh, no not a problem so it's kathy dot weber so it's k-a-t-h-y dot weber with one b at loris.edu and that's to get uh, to kind of get on the list, get make sure that they can get an invitation link into right. the webinar and, and participate. Yeah. There is a possibility that if they get it to me after the 21st that we can still get them on, but I uh, want to make sure that we can – I prefer that they do it ahead of time. So <laughs> Absolutely. That'll work, that'll work out. Uh, Absolutely. So, that'll so work out better. And you did touch a little bit on the event, but yeah, just so kind of focusing that uh, Senator Tom Harkin, retired Senator Tom mm-hmm. Harkin, we should make right. a point of that, because right. he's not still uh, – Mm-hmm. Still in scent, but he's uh, he will be the the featured speaker mm-hmm. at this event. So mm-hmm. as you mentioned, President Collins, mm-hmm. Jim Collins, will will do some opening remarks, mm-hmm. and, and and Bob Johnson, and Bob who, Johnson, who is a who's a senior um, at Loris, and he'll be um, he'll also provide some remarks too about the impact of the ADA in his life. Yes. Okay, and then obviously Senator Harkin will speak. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything uh, for somebody coming in? They're really interested, but they don't really know much about either Senator Harkin or the ADA. We kind of give a little background, but and, and you did mention Senator Harkin sponsoring the bill. But with the Harkin Institute, what is does he continue to push for? He is, you know, he's still advocating because uh, our the, the theme of our uh, of our program is uh, is celebrating the ADA, thirty years of action and advocacy. Uh, we're not done yet. There's right. still there's still work to be done. So um, he's still. He's still working with that, um, but he also works with, uh, you know, addressing public policy. So the, the politics and politicians and agencies and that are making some that are making some decisions that impact uh, persons with disabilities and their ability to work, their ability to access um, education, their ability to uh, afford some of the assistive technology that they might need. So uh, it's it's a wonderful organization. They've been they've been awesome as a as a collaborating partner for yeah. us to be stepping into this. Yeah, I mean, thirty years in, and obviously the ADA is still evolving and still kind of improving. I, I mean, in your position, um, how is that that legislation kind of evolved and continue to help students moving forward? I mean, obviously it's where it was in 1990 to where it is now, it's significantly different. We kind of touched on a little bit of that in terms of the integration, but right. um, how are you seeing things continually improving for students? Right, right. The, I'm a sports fan, so I find myself using metaphors a lot, <laughs> but it, it, it levels, it, the ADA levels the playing field. So it's allowing uh, K-12 students to access higher education, where probably more so in my day, it wasn't something that was really considered something they could do or they would be okay for them or they could they could achieve something so the um people weren't really I, I, unfortunately I'm, we're looking at what 
the seeing the options and the potential for for folks so uh what the ada is allowed for is there's a lot more support for classroom and learning accommodations um assistive technology and even college prep curricula so that it wouldn't be where we're just going to put them in a class well they're not going to college so it's well, how do you know that i mean i you know last uh, this is my uh fourth well going to my fourth year here so i had my first uh, this this group was my this group of graduates from uh, 2020 was my first group my First group of seniors, and looking forward, hopefully, for them to, to see them at graduation. But just to see where they were and where they are now, and for them to hear to hear some of the stories that they said that some of the things that they faced to uh, overcome some of the people that maybe didn't believe in them, and so that's one of the more exciting things that we get to do is to see that that leap and that success that they have and, and going out and doing great things and really supporting uh, other students with uh, learning challenges. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad you came in and were able to share the details, kind of give a little look back on the history of the ADA and then also to preview this upcoming event. And again, that's September 24th from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time. Mm -hmm. And anybody who want, is interested in, in joining in can reach out to you at kathy.weber at loris.edu and get their invitation link because it is it is a virtual event so we are still in a pandemic yeah. so unfortunately we can't gather together but at least we can get together virtually i should i should mention the original plan was to have the senator here and then COVID happened so yeah. so so i had to learn i had to adapt <laughs> to change myself so yeah so, you're learning those hard skills too yes, just like yes. everybody else so. yes yes <laughs> Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming in and joining me and, and, and sharing details about uh, the upcoming event on the 24th. Okay, thank you very much for this invitation. Great. And I want to say, uh, give a quick thank you to our producer, Trent Hanselman, who always makes me sound better than I, than I really am. And, and thank you to everyone who listened into our discussion. For more podcasts, as well as Loris news and features, be sure to visit the Loris Daily website at daily.loris.edu. You can also find more podcast episodes on iTunes and Spotify, so check them out there. We hope you'll join us next time for another Dewhawk Digest. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other, and go Dewhawk.